This is The Living Temple, a podcast produced by Red Church for people who want to follow Christ in real life. If I'm thinking of my life as a living temple, temples that are flourishing contain the presence of God. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Incredible. Incredible yeah, just opening. a bit of a sing-song opening. We've been singing again, haven't we? We have been singing again. <laughs> it's never going to stop. Um, we, we actually, prep, in sound checking there, we've been watching, which I've turned down now. You yes. might have heard just, we've been watching and discussing the one-hit wonder, Plastic Bertrand. With yes. his uh, 1977 hit, Simple Pour Moi. Which means it's cool with me. Yes. So not only do you get to learn how to live in this place and follow yes. Jesus, but you also get some very rich historical facts related yes. to pop culture. Yes. Yes. Yay. Roger Francois Jurey, Plastic Bertrand of Belgium. Of Belgium. Of Belgium. Yes. That's mm. his real. He's still going and he looks fantastic, uh, I must say. Uh, just looking at now, uh, he's just yes. he's 64, but he's a silver fox of new wave magic. Yeah, he uh, does have quite yeah. chiseled features. Yes, Brussels finest. Mm. Yeah, more well, than just the EU <laughs> headquarters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, last time we were chatting about how to see heaven and earth intersecting because... Yeah. Um, because of Jesus, that court, that curtain is torn mm. um, and heaven is breaking out on earth. Um, but often we do not see it because we are, I guess, living that earth narrative that you yes. spoke about. Yeah. Where it's just earth. Yeah. Yeah. And so what amazing invitation to actually ask God to renew the way that we look at the world. Mm. And as has been happening after we've been recording we end up having a chat afterwards which you know not just singing not just singing not, not just not googling just... plastic bertrand <laughs> but also chatting deep spiritual things yes and we thought you know what this might be a good opportunity for us to have some of these conversations on air mm. um record them and share them with you because they might actually be questions that you guys have yeah. so why not and we are once again breaking the fourth wall mm. and bringing what Mark has dubbed our intrepid sound man. Yeah. What does intrepid mean exactly? Uh, Isn't it brave like to do going with forward, like, like I think an intrepid mountain? I, yeah, I think I of think, travelling. I think and, an intrepid new wave Belgian musician. Yeah. Such as Plastic Bertrand. Or Daniel. Or Daniel. Yes. Fearless or adventurous. Fearless, Fearless or adventurous. See, this this is the brilliant thing. We, ha we say something here and within seconds he's Googled it. He's not yeah. just keeping the sound levels right. He's Googling anything we need to know, both obscure yes. and... He is scaling the heights of the internet mountains. Yes, yes, which is great. <laughs> but but yeah. also more than that, he is asking very wise questions. He and really we had is. a question which we thought would be good to bring into this. Yes. Um, so do you want to repeat your question, Daniel? Yeah, as we've been chatting and... Uh, and as I've been listening to you, uh, you guys just nut through some of this stuff. Um, I'm really 
I suppose this this idea of heaven and earth that we've been exploring and, and even what you're talking about in the last episode, Lydia, of, of home and what is home. And um, for me, I get this this sense of uh, heaven and earth, seeing this like in reality on, on Sunday at a church service uh, where I get the sense of um, earth where we're turning up, we're actually, we have to drive there, there's things to do, there's people there, uh, you've got to find your seat, you're like, you're engaging with the physical, I suppose. Um, and there's good stuff and annoying stuff and all that comes with life and earth. Um, but then in that space, you, you're getting that sense of heaven as well, where God's presence is there and you have those moments in worship or revelation as the spirit speaks to you, um, or praying and, and the fellowship of other people around you. Yeah, and we often talk about church being like this thin place between heaven and earth. And so, uh, but then it's also this sense of home where we, um, for many of us, turning up, rocking up on a Sunday, is like, oh, it's like, it feels like we're coming home. Or um, if you're leading a church, it's often that conversation of, right, how do we help this make, how do we help make this feel like home for people? Um, and within that, I get this picture of, as we've been talking about the living temple of, yeah, this Sunday service at a church is a, is a, I suppose in some ways a, a, a living temple for us. And so I'm sure there's many of us that experience that, feel that, understand that reality. Uh, but then to translate that into, all right, me, Daniel, rocking around every other day. What does being a living temple, what does that sense of heaven and earth coming together look like? Um, how do I live that out? Is that just on a Sunday during service or is it my quiet time in the mornings? Or yeah, is there... Is there more to it? Um, and how, if so, how do I step into that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's going to hand this back over. Good question. Thank you. Um, I think a couple of things. Number one is just to reiterate, there's three concepts of the temple in the New Testament. One is Jesus is the new temple. Um, and secondly, um, the church is the new temple. Um, and in a sense, you're talking about those elements. Um, and you're talking about the fact that you go to church and you participate in the worship. And it's more than just the building, is I guess what you're saying, as Daniel nods. Um, mm-hmm. Or even just more than the Sunday service. There's this sense that the Spirit, which is like the presence of God, now inhabits the people of God. In First Peter, it talks about the church like living stones. They're like the building bricks of the temple is mm-hmm. now people. Um, Paul also talks about, you know, pillars of the church being these sort of apostles in Jerusalem, that these people are like pillars in the temple. Um, so there's this concept that the church now is the, the place where God dwells. It's not confined to a building. It's actually confined to a people who are out in the world. So there's the definite sense of we understand that it's corporate. There's moments where we experience it. There's times where the church doesn't reflect it. There's the time when the, what's called the true church does reflect that. But I think what you're asking is the question of how do we then engage with this living temple in our real lives? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was just an interesting addition you also asked, um, which might be helpful for people at home around spiritual disciplines versus... Um, do you want to just go, go into that um, question just to add that to Because I think that's an interesting you know, additional nuance to what we're talking about here. Yeah, so... Part of my role uh, at Red Church is overseeing discipleship and so having lots of conversations with different people and where they're at. And um, I suppose one of the things I've picked up along the way is there's often kind of two uh, 
realms for people's experiences. One is often the spiritual disciplines. I've just got to like practice and kind of um, discipline myself in some ways or, or take read my Bible more, pray more, do this kind of tangible things um, to, to grow into my faith. And then there can be the kind of the other side where it's just um, kind of more information, understanding things better or even a heightened sense of spiritual awareness or just trying to hear God's voice, um, which can just be, I feel like uh, in some ways can be, uh, both are equally as important, but often people get trapped just at either end mm. um, and don't know how to push past, um, trying to discipline, discipline mm. themselves more or mm. trying to hear from God more. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, so I guess, I guess the real question you're asking is, you know, do you push in more to the disciplines? Um, or is it this experiential feeling mm. of God? Now, look, I think in a sense, really what this is about is becoming more like Christ. And uh, disciplines are something which can get us there. But also the road is not necessarily the destination. And it's interesting that in Psalm 1, we get this really interesting vision of what human flourishing looks like and also what presence looks like. And just to read it to you, so it says, Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. So first of all, it's saying that the path is walking at a particular kind of walk. There's an action, and we've talked about this before, that this isn't just an idea, it's an actual way. And it also says there's obviously a way that the wicked take. So this is choosing to walk a particular path. Now, Disciplines are something which can form us into who God wants us to be, but they're not something in of themselves, but they help us along that path to becoming who God wants us to be. I'll read on. Or stand in the way that sinners take, uh, which is interesting. That's actually about making a sort of posture, like I'm making a posture um, which is opposed to God. Then we have this, um, it goes on, or sit in the company of mockers but in whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. So there's that discipline, that sense that this person is regularly doing these spiritual disciplines. But there's also the other sense that you talked about there. There's this being with God. It's discipline and presence. Mm. And I don't think there's actually a, a, a separation of the two. There's a sense that when we're just doing disciplines without God's presence, that they can become a religious activity. But then there's also this sense that when we just want to have experiences, um, spiritual experiences without anything that's shaping us and forming us into who God wants to be, there's a danger in that as well, that we'll lose touch of God's word mm. and we'll reinterpret that as we want it to be. Um, I'll read on. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And what's really interesting about this is this offers a model of what faithful and fruitful living looks like. Mm. And this is in some ways like an image of a system. You have this tree which is flourishing. And you think of like when this would have been read, you know, the Middle East has times of, you know, droughts and it's not always a place where it rains heaps and so on. And this sense that here's this tree which is no longer set upon the vagaries of whether it's going to rain and the seasonal differences, it's actually planted by a, tr a, a stream of water, something mm. which enables this tree to flourish in whatever season it's in. So what we actually have here is this image of a flourishing system. So really, it's not so much, do I do the disciplines? 
Do I have these experiences? The bigger picture here is God, we worship God when we step into his way. And when we do that, it's like our system comes into alignment. Now, what's really interesting about um, temples is temples were what they, another word for temples is microcosms. Microcosms are models of the universe, microcosmos, models of the universe. Mm. And we talked, I think, last episode about how in the temple, there was this imagery of a tree that was like a menorah, that was like the tree of life, there was a sea. And the temple even, you know, when you read like Josephus has this description of the temple in his writings where it's like, you know, carved into the walls, there were these different images from nature. There's this imagery which basically shows a model of how the world should work. So the temple is his nature when God's dwelling in it. When humans' desires are pointed towards God, this is how actually a system flourishes. And you have the first part of that, of a bad system. When we walk in step with the wicked, when we stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, that, and it says later in that actual psalm that, you know, this just turns to chaff. It's this idea that mm. dries up. It's like all it's useful is for burning. So you've got this very clear thing of here's a system that works and here's a system that doesn't work. So part of this as well is not just to have this experiential connect with God, that God's presence is there because he wants to live, us to live lives that are fruitful. Mm -hmm. This is not just about actualization. How do I get my life where I just feel a sense of peace? Those things happen and they're byproducts, but really this is God spreading his goodness in the world through us being fruitful. And, and I think that's a really key way of understanding uh, uh, you know, what a healthy life is like. A follow-on question with that, I um, a lot of the conversations I have with different people, um, particularly younger people, people that are coming out of uni and stepping into the workforce, and, um, and I'm sure this is goes beyond as well, but is, yeah, is, is seeing and, and hearing how their lives are shaped, um, not just by the Word of God and the Bible. There may be the elements of that, uh, but there's also this uh, sense of, it, particularly in our culture here in a place like Melbourne where we need to form our own opinions and kind of self-actualize where we're going, I suppose. Um, and so there's kind of this gleaning of like uh, different thoughts. There may be some wisdom in what some professor said somewhere or a conversation I had with a mate um, to just experience I had when I was 14 years old and what my dad said to me then and, and, yeah, and, and so rather than it, and I suppose there's someone that sits across some of these people, um, from some of these people, and uh, and I've even experienced this in my own life as well, um, rather than this kind of seeing this picture of like a living stream and someone being planted by it, it's almost like this kind of puddle filled with different, different bits and pieces that they're trying to kind of grow from or learn more or, or step forward in. Um, yeah, what would you say? How would you invite people to even be aware of that and to even step into mm. um, a reality that is that Psalm one does talk about mm. a, a living water? Mm. Well, I think the the difference between what Psalm one's saying here and I think what the Bible is saying something incredibly countercultural, and what it's saying is there is a way that is right. The idea that those people are communicating to you is effectively like there's millions of ways and the individual is the authority and that the individual, to bring this to the temple idea, is that actually 
The person who's the God in the temple is actually the individual. They're the authority. They get to choose what the forms of worship in their personal temple are. So therefore, if it is that bit of the Bible, they'll take that. But then it could be that something they saw on that YouTube talk, they'll take that, that article over there, what their mate said here, whatever in the uni class thinks and what I just feel in that moment. So what that gives you is imagine just all these different streams, which, you know, is coming in and I don't know, it's like a cesspool, which doesn't really, you know, work. And so what this says is something really interesting. There's a definite, and this is so countercultural, a right and a wrong way here. And the key thing I'm saying here, there is a right way to live. Now, there's contours of that. Mm. There's different jobs people can do and so on. But there's key things that, if you do, are not going to lead you to flourishing. Okay. So, the other concept there is Peter Senge, um, who's a business guy, wrote a book around systems. And he said something called the fifth discipline. And he said something interesting. He said, he said it was talking about Americans particularly, but I think anyone in the Western world tends to see life as we're going from here to there. So I want to get from here to those objectives over there. It's like a line. When he said, in reality, life is a system. Hmm. Uh, to use an example, um, I can't remember what it was, but in Queensland, in the north of Australia, um, we have a cane toad epidemic where there's just these cane toads everywhere. Yeah, and from they're memory, pretty gross if you Google They're them. horrible. They're poisonous. They're the ugliest looking creatures. You walk out at night and they're everywhere. Like I remember being as a kid and going up there and people just killing them with golf clubs and like oh, sending the kids out because you know, there's so many of them. Anyway, running over them, not fun. No. Um, but from my memory, um, and I can already see Daniel is Googling, uh, <laughs> which is brilliant. Not only can he deliver the questions, he can bring the factual back up. But from memory, there was a bug or something that was attacking the sugarcane crops and they brought in the um the cane toads to eat this particular to eradicate bug. those bugs yeah but then of course it just upsets the ecosystem so that's a classic example of i'm thinking in a line i want the i want the sugarcane crops to grow so i make a profit and we've got mm. this bug so we're gonna what's the answer let's bring in these cane toads not realizing then they just go insane. And yeah. they're almost all the yeah, way down to the New South Wales border now. Causes a um, massive other problem. And humans live in systems. And there's history is the story of unintended consequences. So your life is more a system. Mm. Um, and this brings in this concept of what's called moral knowledge. There's actually right and wrong ways to act. Mm-hmm. Now, we have, this ex- we have this extreme version of this. Like we say, okay... Don't become a white supremacist and create your own Nazi party. Okay, we'll say that's bad. Yeah. But then, I don't know, playing computer games in your house and not contributing to society and playing those games 14 hours a day and writing bad reviews on TripAdvisor. Oh, I don't want to call that. <laughs> oh, I feel uncomfortable <laughs> saying that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe it's also bad. It's obviously not as bad as being a white supremacist, neo-Nazi cell leader. But this is actually saying there is a way. There's not heaps of ways. Yeah. There is a way. If there is one God, there is one way. We are so not used to talking so like that. So not used to it, you know. And again, too, different people, different jobs, parents, single people, all that. But all of those people, there's certain ways to flourish. So this is saying that the only way humans can flourish is planting themselves by streams of living water. And, and the model here, again, it's a system. Like if you think about it, like the input. So a system has input. Yes. It has reserves and has output. Really simple example of this is on the side of my house here, we have, uh, we're in my house, by the way. 
Ta-da! Ta-da! Oh, I've revealed the secret. <laughs> um, so on the side of my house, uh, when you build a house in this state, um, because of droughts in Australia now, you have to have a rainwater tank, right? So yeah. when it rains, the water goes off my roof. That's the input and it goes into the tank. That's the reserve and then there's an output. So the key here is inputs are linked to outputs, mm. right? Inputs are linked to outputs. If it doesn't rain, so we just had a big dry spell for a while there, yeah. and the tank gets to the point of almost running out. Now, it just rained to stop that dry spell. So my tank, I watched it, was filled with water, right? So if there's a healthy input, there's a healthy output. Do you have a gauge on the outside where you can see it? You can see it, it like sort of overflows. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the image of a... Um, system that we have in Psalm 1, mm-hmm. what we actually see is we have this input, which is this stream of living water. Mm-hmm. And what that is, in the scriptures, water represents God's presence. Yeah. So if you have this stream of God's presence, then the next line is, I'll just read it. The person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and its leaves do not wither. Whatever they do prospers. If you want to flourish and prosper and produce fruit and kingdom fruit, you've got to plug yourself into the right input. Yeah. So therefore, a temple that is like our lives is something which flourishes because we're planted in the right inputs. Mm. Now, there's different ways you could do that. You know, there's a sense where there's different spiritual disciplines which might get to that point. Again, too, we can miss the point and think it's just about you know, doing these five particular things and that's going to guarantee the presence, but it can easily become a religious activity. Mm. So people need to look at their lives and say, my life is a system. It's not just about self-actualization and getting here to there. If I'm thinking of my life as a living temple, temples that are flourishing contain the presence of God. Okay, so Israel lost, There's in Ezekiel, we have this image where the presence leaves yes. the actual temple because the people of God are disobeying God. Yeah. So if you're leading a life where you're doing what you want to do and disobeying, you're actually going to work against the flourishing of your temple. Mm. So seeing your life as a system and what you put into it shapes who you are and what comes out the other side is a complete paradigm shift. And Jesus talks about this. What what like Proverbs talks about this, the idea that the overflow of our mouth is an output yeah, and the mouth reveals what's going on in the heart, you know, and to go back to your thing around, you know, this is why Jesus warned about the Pharisees who were fasting and praying and that's good. That's spiritual disciplines, but they're doing it in this external way, which he said wasn't changing their hearts. Yeah. So the whole thing here is how do we move towards this life and how do we understand that the spirit, we're like a temple and the, and the spirit and the presence is within us. And how do we create a life that's like a functioning system, which then has kingdom fruit? Yeah. And it's really important to remember that it's kingdom fruit and flourishing yes. um, in line with what God intends for us, not flourishing from this Absolutely. earthly paradigm yes. that we've come to believe is the right yes. way. Yeah. I, I, I recently prayed a really interesting prayer for God to show me holy people. And it keeps happening. And... I reckon God showed me in the last month as I prayed this prayer, Mm. three different sets of people who are incredibly holy. Now, I would not have noticed them if I hadn't prayed this prayer. And I've had my eyes open for this. 
And the way these people, I don't even want to talk about who they are. Mm. Um, I don't know, really know any of them. I just chanced upon them in different encounters. People who are actually producing fruit that if you're not looking for it, we're so used to seeing the physical and the tangible yeah. and the metrics of success in our world. But then when I've looked at who, who God, who are your people who are being holy in the world? Um, who are these people who are like producing this fruit? I'm starting to see them. It's so interesting. And people who just bring this peace and they do things for others and it's unseen. Mm. So I'm almost now trying to be this spy, like I want to like <laughs> this detective, like who, who, who is producing King of Fruit because You'll I want to. turn up in a trench coat. I turn up in a trench coat, have a hat with like a big magnifying glass. Yeah, yeah. Like, Where are the kingdom people? And then I'll be thrown out um, of wherever I am because that'll just be weird. <laughs> but this sense that um, there's a quote by um, Michael Wilcock actually on this. I'm just looking at a, a commentary about someone. He says mm. this. The whole range of modernisms from liberalism to postmodernism which shy away from the notion of objective truth and error, right and wrong. This this you talk about this this psalm challenges the individual to repeated choices between clearly defined ways of believing and acting. There's actually a way of believing and acting. Mm. And they come together. So you can't just make this up as you go along. No. You need to be close to God. This is, again, John 15, dwell in the vine so that he's leading you and changing you into him. So you're, you're starting to have the actions and mind of Christ in the world. That's how you produce fruit. That's a living temple. Yeah, it's so interesting when you come across these people who, are, who do bring peace and that um, their presence when you think about it, gives us a glimpse of what Jesus mm. is like. And I would love to be seen as that person. Mm. And I think if, if we're pursuing God and wanting to live a holy life, um, that's going to be, that's going to be what happens. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm excited. Mm. It's good. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Pleasure. You've been listening to the Living Temple podcast. For more information and resources, head to thelivingtemple.org.